Live from Toronto and online via thecomicden.com, it's the Anime Roundtable Canada on this Thursday night, February 26, 2009. Good evening from our West End studio, I'm Mike Nicholas. Tonight on episode 66, we'll do our patriotic duty and talk about a Canadian plea in, the, in a child porn hentai manga case and the banning of literature in public libraries. In the bullets, Shinkai Day, Seiyu Stalkers Fighting Back, another take on using toys in a crime, and using music to increase your bust. This one you've got to hear. That's all coming up next. The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the comic den Mississauga. Also, the following contains mature material and moral language which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Yeah, now we are. Okay, here you go. Um, <clears throat> first of all, we're gonna say, bear with us this week. Well, we always say that. We always say that. That's always implied anyway for every episode we ever do, right? No, I think I think the phrase is, please put up with us. Oh, that's a two hours. Just I was gonna say, how much can we actually talk about anime and manga when it's a continual stream these days? Uh, well, what? <laughs> I mean, okay, so here's the. I would suggest dick jokes, but. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, there's a lot these days in the borders of uh, these. Yeah, but these days, these days, uh, I think that's do that's a little that's going uh, more plentiful than anime. Okay, so uh, here's the deal. Um, this week's show was sort of in doubt because Adam 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 uh, informed me last night that he's been suffering from the flu something, something over the last week. You can probably hear it in my voice at this point. Yeah, and uh, you know, and then um, so we so I make it a point to sit him as far away from me as possible, beside beside James. Thank you very much for your you're, uh, you're kindness. There, you're Mike. welcome. Uh, and uh, we have no audience this week because um, they were frightened. No, so it wasn't that. It was that. It was, like I mean, you know, they they actually do. I, I mean, there is they do have lives. Um, I think you told me they yeah, were. Yeah, it's just I mean, other, yeah, life other things. Yeah, yeah, other things to do. Um, Their lives ought to be centered around this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's just three, just the usual. Taking thing. away your illness. Well, no, you don't need to take away my illness. Just you know, show up to watch me do my thing. <laughs> yeah. So just the I don't usual. Man much. Just the usual trio around the table: uh, Mike Nicholas in the captain's chair, James Austin a- a- across from me, and then Adam Grant on the opposite side of the table, uh, on the opposite corner. Uh, and uh, so, it's just, as I said, just the usual trio. Uh, you know what? This this is reminiscent. Um, like I never like we've always said that this show is loosely based on primetime sports, uh, the uh, sports talk, the sports radio talk show that uh, airs on um, the Fan Radio Network yeah, in Canada. Yeah, except for all the cock jokes. Except for all the comments. Um, and and, uh, and Roger Sportsnet. There is a story. There, we do have a related story to this. And, and because we don't have the type of budget, we, we can't pull this off either. Um, about a year ago, um, McCowan, McCowan on Thursday nights usually has, the, uh, usually has as, as, as guests the uh, radio voices of the Toronto Raptors, Paul Jones and Eric Smith. Um, one night... One of the, um, during one of those appearances, um, Eric Smith had a bad cold or a bad flu. 
And McCowan, because he, he, he um, any of the regulars who, are, who also work for Rogers, uh, as those two did, he always likes to get on their case, makes, constantly makes fun of them. Nick Kiprios, the, uh, Nick Kiprios is, a constant, um, is the constant butt of his jokes. And since, um, and since um, uh, Doug McClain joined uh, Sportsnet earlier this year, uh, he gets on his case pretty well, too. So uh, Eric Smith is one of his other regular whipping boys, and um, he didn't want him in the studio. He didn't want him in the studio for that appearance, so they, they locked him up in another sound studio, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, down the hallway from the, uh, from, the main stu from the main radio studio. And they actually, and since the show was being simulcast on television, they had, like, a remote camera <laughs> live in the, on remote, and they showed, you know, Eric Smith showing sitting there. So, uh, with his, uh, you know, cold and all. And then they had Paul Jones still in the, stu in the regular studio with uh, McCowan and uh, Stephen Brent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, um, and uh, the first words he asked Eric Smith were, in that, in that interview, or in that segment, were, how are things in the booth over there? He said, and Smith's reply was, McCowan's the best you've ever looked. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then at the end of the show, uh, and then after the segment was over, and then, you know, mm -hmm. and then he said, and then when McCowan came back on the air to end the show, he had replied that Smith had come into the room and coughed in front of him and then left the room. <laughs> and he said, and he said, look at round table tomorrow. I won't be here. Brent, do you have a and Brent? Do you have a parting shot? Final insult. And then Brent said, um, "Yeah, but good luck." That was it. That's how the show. That's how the episode ended. So, so uh, you know, good luck, James. Um, <laughs> hey, I know tons of people who have had the flu already today. I haven't caught it yet, so I think my luck will hold up. Yeah, I'll try not to vomit on it. Yeah, well, if you do so, you'll be about vomiting on the um, Star Wars, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars tablecloth that has, we has used. Has a dog peed on this at some point? <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. It's so there, you'll give it a good fragrance. It's been. But you told me your mom's dog did. Um, I think I'm the one who said that. Yeah, because yeah, you said the dog been got washed. It's been washed. Yeah, okay. So. Well, I figured it'd been washed. Yeah, well, but you know what? You just let a dog piss on your blanket <laughs> and then throw it on top of your stuff. You know what? People will be upset at me because of the fact that he did it on a Star Wars blanket. <laughs> there is a there is a corresponding blanket to this. We have, there's a strawberry shortcake blanket which belonged to my uh, younger sister when she was a toddler. Supposed to admit that sort of thing, right? No, this is my sister's. Right. The 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 the, the, the strawberry shortcake or the Star Wars part. You're not supposed to admit the strawberry shortcake part. No. Oh. Well, I mean, I I, I admit. I, well, I didn't say it was mine. You just sort of imply it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So you know, you'd be doing so. Uh, you, you'd be doing so at your own ri at your own peril. So, oh, okay. So uh, let's see. Where do we start this week? Because we, we really, once again, we, we're chained for ideas. Uh, well, I don't have anybody to bounce off and start making anal sex jokes. Yeah. Well, Brent's not here. Yeah, Brent's not here. So. So Neil's not here. The yeah. Brent and I will be taping episode uh, five of Two Assholes on Saturday. Uh, assuming uh, you're up for it, oh wait. Uh, oh, assuming you're up. well, yeah. Assuming you're well enough for it. Oh, I'll be fine. You think so? Uh, the only amusing part about that is we haven't finished. I and by that I mean I haven't finished. Yeah, rendering because, episode four. Because you know you do all the work. Brent's the boss. I do all the yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so four and five may be coming out very very close to one another. Yeah, we're at the, on the same day. At the right things are going. No, I'll give it at least a day between them. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm. Well. Okay. So um. And, uh, but see, I update my feed the same day, so... Oh, yeah, well, okay. So even those iTunes listeners... Yeah, the yeah, douche, yeah. Can <laughs> get it at the same time. Okay, so, um... 
how do we do it? What else do we do? Okay, so we were hanging out on, um, James and I were with the, talking with the visitors yesterday, and uh, we were thumbing through the previous catalog. Uh, everyone knows that. We mentioned this back yeah, when we, in, like, in the first episode of the new year, like in late January, um, that previews would have a drastically different look. We, um, the previews, the latest previews came into this, uh, that would, you know, fall under this, uh, came in this week. And we, we set our orders, and uh, I'm going to tell you, this is the least amount I've, I could recall ordering uh, on a pre-order in years, uh, probably ever, because I only ordered two books, one um, the latest volume of Negima, the other... Why being, are you still buying Negima? Yeah, I'm, Something uh, to do? What, you, have to, you have to. <laughs> What volume is that at? Like 300? 20, uh, 22. In this case, it'll be 22. But like, 20, and has anything happened? But 25 is coming on Japan, so you never know. Has anything happened? Yeah, Don't lie to me, Mike. Answer the question. Okay, died, And then... Would you believe... Okay, uh, here, okay, can I use a believable answer? I probably haven't read it. <laughs> you know how, how far have you read? Uh, volume 5, I think. And yet you keep buying it. I just like it. put it in the plastic wrap and put it on the shelf. Because <laughs> I'll admit, I bought like volumes one through eleven. Oh, so you have. Okay, okay. And then but, you realize that. But, you know, but well, I realized the truth well before that. But what I was doing is, I was buying them, reading them once, and giving them the Yama. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, the yeah, Yama so has all the volumes Yama. of Negima in the library. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I read them once just because they were in my hands at some point, so I might as well read them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but then I realized. That I told, and, they were and by hard. the way, and, and, and for that. reference, and for reference, um, uh, I, I am. You know, I'm a bit of a masochist or a glutton for punishment uh, yeah. sort. You know, I mean, okay. Just a quick aside. You know that. You know what the what the latest uh, phenomenon is on Facebook. Wait, you don't care, but. You, you, you kind of get two people who don't care. Yeah, I know. You, don't you notice I'm pointing at both of you at the same time as I say this. One of the, you're just making a game sign at us. <laughs> so, um, one of the phenomenons, one of the uh, one of the phenomenons right now on Facebook is this phenomenon. Is the plural? Hey, whatever. The mem. You want us to get out the dictionary? <sighs> We're gonna do the Benny Hill thing later too, right? Okay, so the music comes on and people run around and there's women everywhere for some reason. And then you know he's and he's like slapping around some bald old old bald guy who I think is still alive, by the way. I think Benny Hill's not. Benny Hill's not, but but a lot of but that guy. I think so. I think he's still alive, and I think he was noticeably older too. Okay, so um. One of the more popular um, things going on on Facebook is this encouragement for people to write 25 quirky things about All themselves. That. That's it, right? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. okay, so that's, like, I wrote, I, just for fun, I wrote one out for myself, and I put that, I put the glutton for punishment bit as number one. Oh, Because that, because I said, I said that that's, that's either, a, either um, the way I do things now or a product of the way things ha uh, were for me in the in the past. So your ideal woman is, like, is proficient with a bullwhip, is what you're telling me. <laughs> more like a, more, well, you, if you've read my, if you've read my uh, past, oh wait, well, it, it's an open book, you know, you, that probably explains a lot. It's an open book that's been dropped down the stairs. And yeah, enough times. <laughs> and, and picked up, unfortunately. Uh, so, um, that, that, so that's point number one, and then everything else seems to surround that point. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So um, the Nagima thing, 
That's yeah, just one of them. Read it. Like, any, any others? The other one, the other thing is like, uh, I hate to say this, it's a Nugent title. You know about it because um, you were like um, this was on the Icarus yeah. blog. Uh, Aurora Publishing, who was known for more um, Jose and Jose and Shoto type titles, and they're basically they are the English arm of the Japanese publisher of. Um, Ozuna Supupen or uh, okay. not okay. I, I know I'm but not wrong. They, they are bringing out a Nugent title, and that's the other thing. Uh, Miko, feel free to correct us on that. That's a dare. Okay. Someone had to say it. I know. Well, hey, we should actually. Be, well, more on that later. Uh, so those are the only two titles. Uh, well, there are some other titles. Uh, those are the only two titles that 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 caught me. Because none of them are, because anything else would be continuations of stuff that I've previously ordered. Mm. You know, Tsubasa, Tsubasa 20 something. Well, there, there are some <laughs> so, other, there are some other things. series isn't going anywhere. Yeah, another one. So, um. There are other things, though. No, yeah. but the thing was, this is, this is the, this is what I was about coming to. Like, those sections are, have thinned out. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. um, if you look on the, you mentioned, you brought this up to me this afternoon. Blog. On the first blog. Um, I, actually, I'll tell you a few funny things while we're at it. And you can look it over. I noticed in the previews, funny enough, they had, um, it was supposed to be Manga Month or whatever they're calling it. They had a little uh, interview with Carl Horn at the back as well. I, I only read a tiny bit. I got to read a little more. But there were other new ones. There was Lucky Star was finally solicited yeah, in there. The Lone Bandai um, title this month. They had but a lot of the new Yen Press titles that were in Yen Plus, like uh, Bamboo Blade, which I ordered, and then some new Viz stuff, like Children of the Sea, which I didn't order, but it's a good one, mm -hmm. and then Detroit Metal City, which is a good one if you've yeah, read that's, that. Yeah, that's, that's getting a lot, that's, a lot that's of, getting, like, people are noticing that one. But uh, other than that, uh, it, and then the other one, Fan uh, Monet had their one new title, they're trying to do one a month, and it's uh, one of the Jiro titles, it's A Distant Neighborhood, which is a good one, it's a two-volume series. But there wasn't actually as much, and then you said there was the Ujin one, which came out of nowhere. No one knew it. But it makes sense because the Japanese publisher basically owns the English publisher, except they've been doing more female-oriented titles, so it's yeah. the um, first male attempt. But other than that, I would say the other funny thing about the previews we've been talking about is remember the two ads we were talking about—the one in the PDF uh, adult section. Yeah. Talking about how the previews and the video section was getting bigger and better and the best. Yeah, I think. We and were, we're looking at it, and, the and it's video just section was barely, next to nothing. Yeah, it was barely ten pages. Mostly Funimation. The, the international section, which used to be at least five pages, was only a, like a sidebar in the uh, books section. And then um, uh, Tokyo Pop. Tokyo was Pop two pages. Two pages. I don't month. remember the last time Tokyo Pop was two pages. They used to take out tons. Mm -hmm. This has actually gotten bigger and has stayed consistent and basically does a page for each um, area that they do. So it's like Shonen Jump on one page. And then there's... The Shogo Beat on one page. The Shogaku regular ones and on then one yeah, page. The uh, Signature on another. Mm -hmm. And then the kids on the another. The Signature is the Shogo, essentially the Shogo. But, but uh, right. the Tokyo Pop one, there wasn't many there on the two pages. But the funny thing we talked about before was that little, another little ad they had that was their tagline at the corner there where it said, what is manga? Tokyo Pop is, is manga. Yeah. And that also reminded me of the ADV ads. Yeah, the ADV ads. Remember at the beginning where they were uh, doing the, um, the anime, network. anime network? It says, what is anime? Yeah. Anime yeah. is action. Anime is and then we made fun of it and said, what it really was. Ads. It could have said, yeah, we had hated them. them. Yeah, so there's some... Um, 
But no, uh, it's the, like the pickings are like here we go. This is so now we're starting wanna to look see at the want to look at the facts like um, Simon Dill uh, digging si- as in Simon Jones Simon Jones uh, from Icarus. Yeah, and like in his recent post today, uh, February twenty six oh nine, basically he looked at uh, previews October oh eight, previews February oh nine, and previews March oh nine, which is. Uh, the previews that we looked at uh, yesterday. yesterday and talked about. So what he looked at was pages, number of items, basically the premier publishers, and then the pre- premier uh, publisher items. And so basically, he said uh, October we had 517 pages, February 470, and then just this month in March 421. Items went from October. 5,339 to 5,315 in February and then 5,111 in March and then um, you look at the premier uh, publishers and it's been consistent all the way through. It's mostly been the back part and he even puts it in his little comments talking about how the back part is boring the brunt of the page cuts mm-hmm. and well, this solicitation is, it cuts is, it is, it's, it's consistent with what we ended up discussing back in January we said that mm-hmm. you know the big publishers will be able to weather some of this because simply just before the sheer volume of what they have what 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 the fear was was for the little guys and it's other things like I remember I was talking to Anthony and Terry yesterday uh, the Compton brothers and we were discussing uh, the fact that the other big thing that's going to be hit is the merchandising. So the figures, the videos, the knickknacks. Mm-hmm. And the videos, the, for reference, I mean, that wasn't much of a section either this month. Yeah. So figures wasn't much of a section out, I think. But they're either. trying to get rid of all the stuff in there that it, it's probably going to be just the big ones, the big players in there sooner or later. But as they were saying as well, it's going to be a lot of the stuff some of us may be looking forward to more than... Uh, we always have. Yeah, this is a, but we're beginning to see it now. We're beginning to see quite a bit. For reference, we did also mention in, in that time that the uh, adult catalog wouldn't be printed anymore. It would be strictly a PDF. That PDF started this month. It was four pages long. And then the other thing in the PDF as well, as he mentioned, he originally, like usually Simon Jones will have on his blog, he will promote what he's going to solicit a few months ahead. Mm-hmm. And for this month, for the first PDF, he had his new title, his two uh, new small comic uh, floppies, and then he does his resolicited titles. But when you look at it, there aren't any resolicited titles in the adult previews, and he said, yep, they did what he thought they would do, which is say, nope, we're only going to take the new stuff in the adult section because... No offered against. Yeah, so no that's offered a, against that's because there's only so much anymore. In the adult previews, at least. It's only going to be like top titles that can prove, okay, we're actually going to sell those in the regular section. Well, adult books don't really sell. Well, yeah, it's just that adult books are, it's an interesting proposition to say the least. But remember, he talked about this. He said, um, listen to this, he said, uh, Simon Jones was writing that, um, you know what's scary about this issue, the adult previews? Outside of Euros and NBM, everything was manga. No other original adult comics, no hentai, anime, playboy, playmate, toys, or any weird stuff was there. I know that some of Team Manga might be thinking this means more room for the manga. No, this is not a good thing. You know the saying that the rising tide lifts all ships. Well, it works in reverse too. 
pray this is just an off month for Diamond. It's an interesting working out there a PDF of the uh, previews yeah, because it's an interesting manga. It's an interesting point because when you brought up that comment, uh, when I thought about when as you brought it up, I thought about how sometimes you can we put up the art. There's always been that argument that the adult industry kind of is a bellwether for the re for the rest of things, rest of um, the entertainment industry. In okay, yes it is, but you're taking a, an extremely narrow niche of the adult industry. Yeah, we're, looking we're at, not looking at standard pornography here. Oh, that's true. Right? You're looking at adult books. You're looking at figures. You're not looking at but then we most of the magazines, and you're not looking at video, which is... And, that, and obviously, right obviously, that's where the argument can. And that's where it all is And to say the adult industry is a bellwether is very true, but the adult industry falling out of these catalogs is not a bellwether of their failure. It's a bellwether of the fact that they moved on. They're going more to digital. Exactly. Yeah, the adult industry switched to digital the second the internet could support it. There we go. As, you know, as, a, as a wise man once said, is that if you took all the porn off the internet, there would be one site left on the internet called bringbacktheporn.com. That would be it. So, and but this, so you think? No, so I, this is less less uh, like an indicator as it is just. I think it's more of an indicator. We're not. Well, how many people who want to read these adult mangas aren't going to read them? I see it too. I the other side is they would have found out, they would have gotten it already and found other ways. They would have exactly. found out other ways. Scanlation's been around for ages and it's been really taking off now. And that would be more yeah. of the argument because what we're looking at is a really, really small portion of adult comics and stuff like that. that but for more, it's, a, it's a very small portion that never sold particularly well. Hmm. It's never done that well. And as long as Diamond's producing these giant telephone book-sized catalogs, well, yeah, they're going to include everything. The second they start paring things down at all... Which is what's happening. Which is what's happened. There's no reason why they wouldn't pare down most of the adult stuff. Because if you looked at the old sections, you could probably count on two hands how many things sold. Actually, you're right. So why are you producing you know, giant sections of this? Four pages is enough. Those will be your top sellers. But uh, yeah, and then and, yeah, and then just like the rest of the catalog, here's the here's your big sellers. Mm -hmm. And also, some of them aren't as adult as you would think. Like a good portion also is Yowie's another. No, but that's that's, that's a good chunk of the adult stuff that actually sells. Adult, them. Yeah, that's no, that is the yeah. big chunk that sells. And maybe and where, where does much of that Yowie stuff sit? Does it still sit in the previous catalog uh, in the, this month or? Just yeah, there's like maybe if you look at it. Simon has them like, on because he actually promotes mm -hmm. all the adult publishers yeah. because they don't really promote themselves to say the least. But most of the publishers are doing like maybe one a month. Tokyo Pops Blue has one. Yaoi Generation mm -hmm. has one. Kitty Press has one. 801 Media has one. So that's one, two, three, four titles that are Yaoi in the adult previews this month. Yeah. So, I mean, the other thing is, once again, once again, this is just the first volley in this whole thing so, so we'll see so like like uh, he took a cross-section from various issues for uh, like one in october one last month one this month um obviously let's once again just see how this is just no, but, so I, I would, but it's interesting oh no i i mean i mean you were you weren't in on this conversation well, we've had it so i guess you can have your say now is, let, let's you know these print publishers should be going further than this 
You know, okay, look, print does not sell as well as it used to. People are very much into digital formats, and now that smartphones and even dumb cell phones can support most of this technology, everybody's carrying around some measure of portable electronics. Everybody. Why not work to get some of that stuff on it? And that's the problem right now. Yeah. That's but somebody got the well, it's working. I mean, but some people... people sorry. I mean, we see it. We see it. We see it mentioned in Japan a lot that mm -hmm. it's working out a little bit better. Maybe that's part of the culture. Well, I mean, it's There's not saying that paper books are never going to sell because they are consistent, but it's going to be a very different niche of books. Your paper books that are going to sell are the ones that are that are aimed more at the adult, the, the older adult audience, like we're talking middle age and up. Because they're the sort of people who are going to spend more time, you know, sitting at home reading a book. They're not always on the go. They don't want to just get their reading in when they can. They want to sit and just read. Mm -hmm. And books are great for that. They're cheap, you know, especially given that a lot of, a lot of people that age will end up reading trash. You pay 10 bucks for a piece of junk book if you paid full price for it. You read it once or twice, and maybe you give it away to Salvation Army. Right? Or to a... Or, or to Yama. Or to Yama. <laughs> if, it's, if it's, you know, manga, you would know, you know I mean, if it's, a, if it's like a Daniel Steele book, right? You know, <laughs> it didn't work out for you. Yeah. But, so... But, whereas things like adult books, which are by and large aimed at a younger audience, mm -hmm. digital is going to sell that. I know I read just about all of my, you know, hentai dojin and manga and everything. I read more or less all digital. I'll say this much. Oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. You know, I, it's the only one. I, the only ones I've been picking up in paper format are ones that I want to support their release, i.e. photography. That's pretty much it because I want it to continue to be released. So I will buy it. So not that the sales numbers are there. Not to enjoy, but to support. Well, I mean, uh, all so the I mean, ones they I mean, that's, that's a big part of the But all the ones they've released, I already had downloaded. I know, so but that's, that's a part of but the support part is mm -hmm. part of, a big part of the motivation. You know what? I respect you a lot because um, I have Kimigori Orange Road sitting on this laptop. I have it sitting on my desktop. Mm -hmm. I have not given myself the time to read that. But maybe I'm probably that elderly guy, guy you talk about because who just wants to sit down and read and... Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm. I'm not you know, as good When I get a backlog of manga, I end up in that way too, right? Mm -hmm. I, it should go 100% is the best example for me. I forget how many volumes that is. Like, 19 volumes. Thank you. 19 volumes. 19. So we're like. Volumes. So I did read all of it, but at first I was just reading like issue by issue, maybe an issue a day. And understandably, that takes a long time to get through. But the last, you know, three, four volumes, I think I blew through in a night. It was that compelling. Well, I mean, you just get into it, right? Okay. I mean, now you're getting near the end of it, and you're starting to get pissed off at all the choices and realizing how little time he has. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know what's the weird part? Well, you know what's the I picked up Eyes. I've had this for some time, and I started reading it. Mm -hmm. I, the thing is, I had the first, I've been having the first volume like sitting to read. I, I have, and I've, it's been like this for a couple weeks. I haven't gotten around to actually finishing volume one. Although you can, can also you cover it in that paper so people don't laugh at you at work. No, I. I the thing is, um, no, oh, I, I wrap it in. Thing on yeah. No, the other thing is, I'm I'm anal enough because I don't want to mess up the cover. 
Um, that's even. But you know what? The other side is this would be actually okay. For the record, everybody listening, because you can't see this, he's got a manga volume, which he's got wrapped in a, in a sort of a ghetto book jacket made out of what looks like a training manual or a flyer. It's a slightly it's a, it's a newsletter. It's a newsletter. A newsletter. But yeah, it's slightly heavier stock paper, and he's got it in a nylon case. That's good. It's me. Clinton. That, that's what we call anal, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. He's <laughs> really anal, then he would get the original Japanese dust cover jacket and then put it over top. Well, that would be the different <laughs> size. But um, you know what? This would be my second go around. I did I, the first time I read it was scanned. <laughs> and yeah, it was that. It was that compelling. I kept you know clicking, clicking, clicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the, the stars, obviously. <laughs> well, I mean, if I if I started Kadobo on Ochikan right now, I'd be doing that. Yeah. As it is, I'm caught up. I just keep waiting for every new volume to come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's where it would wait. I think just did, I think, uh, I think he just did 47. Oh, that's a that's a long running thing. Or issue 47. That's mm-hmm. volume seven. Yeah, okay. they basically caught up, and then they have all the anime as well. Well, that's yeah, okay, the yeah, problem yeah. with the anime is nothing after episode 8 uh, has had, has been fan-subbed of the DVD version. Just the TV version. And especially as you get into later episodes, they cover an awful lot of stuff. Because because we all know that we all know the controversy that surrounded Kodomo Jigama at the time. Um, I, I think it was TV Tokyo that aired it. Um... They were being extra, extra, extra cautious. On the TV version. On the TV version. Mm-hmm. Anything that was remotely, you know, remotely really sexual or showing anything off, they covered. But they covered it with this really, they did because it wasn't animated to be covered, it's showing in a really stupid way. Like often they would just put the, you know, the standard, the, what do you call it? When they go to commercial, little cutscenes they do. Where it looks like just a placard is hanging in front of the window. But where it looks like it's just a placard. Maybe there's something moving on it, right? Mm-hmm. They would do that over entire scenes where things are showing. Or little smaller versions of them. The first episode is the best example, right at the end of it. Um, and this would have been I mean, this would have shown as a cute scene in any anime. Um, you know, Rin is talking to the teacher right at the end, thanking him for doing something, and saying, you know, the three girls are going to give him a reward. And they lift up their skirts. Now, they're wearing bloomers underneath. Mm-hmm. But in the, t- in the TV version, they covered this. So you couldn't see anything. Which leads you to believe, of course... It's something else. That it, it's far more provocative than it actually is. Whereas in any other show, you know, if they were 14-year-olds lifting up their skirts with bloomers underneath, Child's Toy had similar scenes to this. I remember. I remember. And they're, they're 11. You know, why is this an issue? You know, there's a lot of stuff that I can understand them covering because it is an awfully provocative, but it's to the point where I won't watch the TV episodes because you lose half of the episode because they've covered something out of an excess of caution. Feels like Eva. Sorry. <laughs> But so, I mean, and nobody's gone and fan sub the rest of the DVD versions after episode eight. So I won't watch the second season because I haven't finished the first. Plain and simple, you refuse to. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I watched the second season, but I haven't finished the first because no one subbed the first one properly. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm with a lot of people. I mean, we saw. I mean, we saw. We saw. Like, we saw a muted version of that with School Days too, because mm. well, they made everything all the blood black. Um, yeah, that, that, that at least doesn't impact on the on the actual animation. You're not I know hiding things. Yeah, oh. yeah, I mean, it doesn't lead like the interpretation is there isn't much interpretation. Well, it, it's it's think of uh, think of like Mortal Kombat. When they first released that on the home consoles, mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo version didn't have blood; it had sweat. Yeah, I know. Right, but everybody knew what that was. Everybody. You change the color of something, but to you know, sort of make it seem like it's less adult, but you haven't degraded the experience any. Mm-hmm. Whereas by covering entire scenes, you're degrading the experience. You see and experience less of this thing. As a result of somebody being overcautious. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that's good. Okay, um, I guess we should uh, actually go on to a few yeah, other things. Every time I start talking about Okay, caught up. think it's on. Yeah, takes on something else altogether. Yeah, I have a lot of issues with the series. Spectacular series. Read the manga. But. But nobody gets it. Okay. All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, Thirty-two minutes in, roughly. That's it. To this point. Okay. Um. Okay, so, well, for lack of a better choice of topics, um, we did want to go, let's uh, wave the maple leaf at least for the rest of this segment. There are a couple things that happened in Canada, uh, some of it more directly anime related than others, but we thought, um, you know, let's bring them up and just see what type of, you know, just uh, disregard them, because um, after all, Canadians look for self-assurance and stuff like that. Um... Yeah, you know what I mean. You you kind of know where we go. Where you we know how Harper visited New York and yeah, and 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 and, and 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 relished his opportunity to be on Fox News Channel, um, or uh, when Obama was the here. Wall last, Street Journal. <laughs> yeah, or when Obama was here last weekend, along with the American press, for his first uh, foreign visit, right? Mm-hmm. Was in, when he was in Ottawa, and um, and then and then uh, and then took a romp through uh, took a romp through Byward Market at, afterwards. Wouldn't you? Want to go to Byward? Well, I mean, let's be honest. You're visiting this country possibly for the first time. Well, he's been here plenty of times. He has relatives here. Fair Keep enough. That in mind, okay, he's here for the first time as president. As well, really, as any political office. Well, I mean, he didn't make visits as a senator. He just happened. To not officially. He was a senator. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, not, not officially. Visits, right? <clears throat> so it's his first real official visit. As a, mm-hmm. in he's public life. He's got kids. Mm-hmm. He's got young kids. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you go in and pick up knickknacks? Or, or, or cookies, cookies or something. Yeah, cookies got the biggest press, but... Yeah, the Maple Leaf cookies that mm-hmm. sold out, and the, the rest of the batch sold out within 15 minutes after he... Uh, after they're took they're continuing months. to sell, in fact. The numbers I heard is that traditionally they would sell about 250 a week. Now they're selling... They're selling about 3,000 a week. Oh, 3,000 a week? Maybe, so maybe they're going on that clip roughly an hour. Once a, <clears throat> Quite possibly. So, uh, but then, yeah, pretty popular. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the uh, red icing maple leaf, big Maple Leaf mm-hmm. cookies, that's what they are. And then, of course, he got the, his um, his tribute beaver tail, because yeah. got the Obama tail as well, the ones the custom made ones that were made on his inauguration day. Just because they said he never tried, so he got so he so somebody um, actually brought it to him. He, uh, Secret Service arranged for it to actually be brought to him, right? Not that they need the business, because I think they're very this this bakery for the beaver tails mm-hmm. is very popular, right? Yeah, it's very popular, right? So uh, it didn't really need the well. The press. Any any press like that is always good. It's good. I was gonna say though, there's the uh, did you see the one in Japan where they made the 
sushi chef. That's, you know, oh, the Obama sushi. The Obama sushi. That was incredible how he made that. Uh, and he made a little uh, decoration with the Obama sushi in it. Yeah, the problem is... The Japanese have this tendency to make things shaped like things. And it kind of goes a little overboard sometimes. Yeah, it does. Specifically, I mean, bento is the biggest, the biggest offender for this. It's it's war with that stuff. Yeah, you know? like you really don't need to make your shit look that impressive. It's lunch. You're gonna eat it. It's all the same in there, right? Exactly. Okay. You're gonna eat it. Okay, so um, Canadian file. Um, okay, so we were asked uh, like this, uh, last week, I believe. What was it? The twentieth. What did, what did, was it today? The twenty sixth. Okay, so on the twentieth, um, there was a little bit, a little bit about a man guilty of possessing pornographic anime. This came down the Anime News Network file. It was on, also in the Halifax Chronicle Herald. James Corey Hammond, resident of New Glasgow, Nova Scotia, has pled guilty to charges of child pornography oh, possession okay, for possessing videos, photos, uh, and anime that depicted underage males engaged in sexual activity. Sentencing for March sixteenth. This guy's twenty. Um, violation section 163.1 of the Canadian Criminal Code could face five years in prison. Um, could face probably. Okay, so um, first blush. Bank, first blush. Defense will get probation. Okay, yeah. first blush because you haven't read the full case. That's this okay. Is the first the problem is that he's pleaded. He pleaded guilty, so there's no case to read, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't really. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's, it's, it's much like Corley. It's a yeah. It's you can't really tell because it, there's there's a number of arguments that one could make if it was solely anime. Yeah, I mean, and there are arguments that haven't been tried in Canadian courts. But much like Corley, where there's non-anime involved in the in the whole collection, it's not worth bringing. It's not worth making the argument. Yeah, that's what it sounds I think, like. I think there was no anime. Like, yeah, the, I mean, the thing is, the thing is, like, it was never clear. Yeah, we were, I mean, I looked at this uh, and read the link to the Chronicle Herald, and it's not clear as to what this connect, what this collect, this uh, collection entailed. Yeah, anime was obviously, obviously, since as anime fans, they point that fact out. Yeah, you know, we know about that well, part, but it doesn't it, sound like it may not have been central. It may not have been. It, it what, might have been. the police actually. Yeah, and that's why. That's why. That's why. Uh, that's why this. Um, this goes along the same lines as the Horley case, because mm-hmm. the Hor- in the Horley case, it was the same thing. Yeah, no, but I mean, Horley at least tried to make an issue of it, which was stupid. But because you're being charged with possession of both anime and physical child pornography. Why are you trying to make an issue out of the anime and that that's not... So he can reduce his sentence from whatever to... From, uh, from 200 to 200 100 years? 200 to 195, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. It's sort of... No, but that's what... It's I mean, just so... The so, so, argument would make a little more sense only because uh, here concurrent sentencing is the rule. As it's a consecutive. No, it's yeah. a consecutive. Yeah, in the U.S. it's consecutive. So, you know, you get 20... You get you know, convicted of 20 offenses with five-year sentences. You're paying for 100, 100 years. years. Obviously, here, as you know, life is 25, as they say. Well, 25 before possibility of parole, but, uh, you know, notwithstanding the thing. The only time you can laws. stay in jail for life is just they can label you a dangerous offender. So. Well, no, you can just continue being denied parole. Mm. Sure. It's entirely possible. Well, you don't hear as much. Being for, you know, for, uh... For either first or second degree murder, it's mandatory minimum life sentence. Mm-hmm. But it's just the number of years before possibility of parole. Ten for second degree, twenty-five for first. Mm-hmm. 
But if they keep denying you parole, they keep denying you parole. parole. They have kind of like do it. It's kind of like Charles. Well, this, even though this is not a, this is not a candidate, it's like Charles Manson. He's been denied yeah. parole years and years. Except and year the out. difference is that by and large, just about everybody after twenty five years gets parole. Well, that's what I'm saying. Most of them, I've never really heard. Yeah, but, but it's not that they didn't earn it. Most of the ones that have stayed in life have usually been labeled yeah. This is in light of the whole, like, yeah. in Canada today, they, uh, um, the Conservatives introduced a bill to stiffen, stiffen, um, stiffen things for those who have been found to be in gangs. So. Again? Jesus. Well, well, the dear Conservative Party, increasing sentencing does not work. It doesn't decrease crime. This is statistically shown. Increasing prison time does not decrease crime. In fact, it taxes the system even further. Because all of a sudden, you have to pay for these people. Could be your worst, like, I mean, less about how long... I mean, we, we got a case of, like, a, I think there was a... Uh, uh, I heard this week about a guy who wanted to go back to jail because he can't find a job. Yeah. Well, it, there, I mean, there's... This has been around for years. There's be, there's a criminal culture of the you know the underemployed the underskilled that you know will make it a point to commit some crime to be in jail over winter mm-hmm. because it means you get you know you get a warm bed roof over your head you get a roof over your head you get food three meals probably exactly so you know what it's not club fed but it's something it's something that's the point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if they're fairly minor offenses, even if you don't get convicted in the end, you know, okay, so the Don's not the best place to be, but it's better than the street. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the Don jail here the in Don Toronto, jail, so. Yes. Um, I think I think I mentioned it before, but officially under Canadian law, under the common law, uh, the general rule is that pretrial custody in jails is it, worth is part is worth twice as much. Yeah, yeah, it's a two for one. It's, it's a two, two for one. one. The Don is three for one. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's considered that bad that you get three for one time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of like emotions are running high with this coming up. With this coming up, though, it's just that. It's just that. What do you do? That's the problem. But what's a? Like, do you have an idea? A thought or <coughs> on which sorry on the whole, what to do? A whole crime. A whole. whole oh, game what game. to do what, about crime? What? Yeah. What, what's your thoughts? Um, like I mean, stop demonizing. Okay. It, there's a fairly solid rule which people seem to ignore. Yeah, and, and, and which is that, and when emotions run high, yeah, I guess which is that is, the crime rate is directly tied to the population of young males. This is a universal fact. This has been around forever. No matter what you do, you may affect the statistics very, very slightly. But the general trend flows with the population of young males. And it, you know, it makes logical sense. Those are the individuals who are committing most of the crimes. So, what are your options? You can't really eliminate young males. It doesn't work. For several reasons. But, you know, education is the best way to reduce any amount of crime. You know, that way you get people who aren't in desperate situations. You get people educated, you get people employed. Get people something to do. Exactly. Something it gives them something to do, but furthermore, it, elim- it eliminates the desperation. Hmm. If people can pay for the roof over their head, they're less likely to rob someone else. 
given that you can't do much else about crime, try to prevent attacks in the system. Given that we know these are the factors that are causing the crime rate, and given that you've already done all you can for these factors, just try and reduce your burden. You know, give out more probation. You That's know, not going to well. Because then you can say you're going to call soft. Because a probation officer can handle many, many individuals. Right? He can serve, you know, between 50 and 100 individuals, I guess. You pay him $40,000 a year. You pay more than $40,000 a year to house all those people in prison or in jail. Mm-hmm. So, get the people into the community, get them on probation. Sitting them in jail doesn't do anything. You know, it, it, the logic behind sentencing, behind prison sentencing, um, originally was to rehabilitate. Deterrence. And, and partly rehabilitation. Partly rehabilitation. Uh, until it was determined. From the community. You know, and until it was determined that it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So, rather than changing the sentencing strategy, they just changed the goal. The goal of sentencing is denunciation. Official. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as official as it gets. Is denunciation. We are denouncing as a society the acts that these people have committed. And maybe them if they should they ever come back into society. Right. We're, no, but we're, we're just making a statement by putting them in jail. We're making a statement as to what we think of those acts. Mm-hmm. Which is stupid. That doesn't mean anything. It has no bearing on anybody. But, but then it's like you're trying to save face. And then, and, and then you get to the point where you get those those who come out and try and reintegrate themselves into society and then being branded and can't stay exactly. with but I mean, which is, you know, which is kind of tough to say. Which is, a tough, which is a tough to say. Which is a tough, like it, it's tough when emotions sometimes run high. So that's why I, I'm, I'm hesitant. Well, I, to I, I'm a big fan of suspended sentences and conditional discharges. Mm-hmm. Conditional discharge is you know you abide by certain terms for some period of time, which terms are similar to probation. At the end of it, if you've complied, you have no criminal record. Mm-hmm. The charge goes away. Mm-hmm. Which is much better than probation, where that charge is going to sit on your record forever. But you've done the same thing. Or you've kept your nose clean for the two years, or whatever the term was. Not further held against you. So, so. Yeah, but on probation, it's held against I you. Know, on the discharge, it's not. Mm-hmm. Anecdote, though. Interesting. When you brought that all up, it was, I, I remember this interesting story. Um, I was watching The F Word with uh, Gordon Ramsay, right? <laughs> he did a segment where he went to a prison to serve um, Christmas dinner to the inmates. And he worked with the kitchen staff. Mm-hmm. And he was, act- he was actually pretty civil with a lot of kitchen staff, for starters. <laughs> but the interesting part was, he, one of the guys particularly impressed him with um, how, he, how he knew how, to, how he you know, did his work, how he went about stuff, how he uh, chopped up stuff. Mm-hmm. Up vegetables and stuff. He, by the end of the segment, he was saying, "When you get, when do you get out, and when you do come and see me." By the end of that segment, mm-hmm. just a thought though. I, I thought that, but that sort of came to mind as you were trying to say all that. Um, okay, how una, how so unanimate that is. Um, okay, so there's a uh, there's that part. Uh, there's one far longer we have now. Uh, more than thirty, I know that much. Uh, yeah, we were no, we're, oh yeah, we're at forty six now. Okay.
page that's essentially out of how we do things at Anime North. Mike doesn't know how to work GarageBand. Oh, at least <laughs> I didn't. At least I let my uh, judgment lapse uh, there. Uh, so, uh, my please, typical... please don't send us any comments about the crappy audio quality on that uh, first on segment. That first segment, and there was some mint stuff said. You know, I, I, thought, I thought you were no, trying I mean, to test the ears. There, the problem is, it's just a little fainted. I was going to say tinny and crappy, but yeah, right. it will be. It, uh, uh, Mike ended up inadvertently uh, not, not changing the input to the soundboard. Yeah, so, so everything was going through the internal mic on his iBook. Yeah, and and and, and I'm I was listening to it just during the during the you know while afterwards, and I realized that um, much of it was going through the fan. I, the 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 iBook's internal fan was on in that last part, mm-hmm. trying to cool itself off because of Adam's words. So. Um, so, so uh, as I said, apologies. Uh, I heat up everything. Yeah, <laughs> we have no, the thing is the thing is um, like most things, uh, we just go. We'll just have to go with it, and that and that's pretty much you know as it was. Uh, we're not going to take it out. Well, I mean that, no that, that's how we roll around here. Yeah, that, there's just no point, and, and plus there's no point in taking it out. You'll be able to hear enough of it if you press your um, ear or headphones hard enough against your ear over this, or listen hard enough might fall asleep in the process so um okay let's continue let's continue our little maple leaf thing uh the other uh, the other part because um i was just about to bring up that uh one of our regular listeners walt tanner sent us an email asking for um adam's reaction to this and i'll read out uh, walt's email um he was the guy who asked us about customs and customs and banning anime. Ah, okay. Okay. He asked us about that, and I and we brought that up extensively with here with you and with the Visser brothers. But he asked us also. Now it would appear to he wrote us in saying, now it would appear that they are taking aim at books, not manga, but classics such as To Kill a Mockingbird, Lord of the Flies, and Catcher in the Rye because of of the perceived violence, racism, or profanity in them. Uh, they are planning on banning these books for public libraries. What's Adam's take on this situation? And the thing is, there isn't much to cite on it except for the odd article about 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 the discussion in libraries. And I pulled out one from the Lethbridge, from the Lethbridge Chronicle, I believe, and um, or Lethbridge Herald. I'm sorry mm. to out west. Uh, and um, and there was a bit, and there is a discussion going on about keeping about these books in libraries. And Adam browsed it. I looked through it. Um, this is more or less, you know, par for the course. Public libraries and, I mean, specifically school libraries are going to be the biggest hit by this, uh, specifically elementary and high schools, because uh, parents tend to get it in their mind that they know best. And so they will lobby and put pressure on these schools to ban these books and get rid of them because of certain topics that they feel are too adult or whatever for these kids. University libraries, as the as the Lethbridge article states, University libraries are considerably more insulated because they're they're bastions of higher education. Um, it's perfectly normal for them to discuss these you know rather extreme topics. These are topics that they are meant to handle, and their school because they're promoting a, li- a liberal education, it's better to read these materials, especially if they're dated or you know harbor very uh, you know undesirable views. It's better for them to read them, understand them, and rebut them than it is to just get rid of them altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, censorship in and of itself is generally frowned upon among adults, especially among the university crowd. 
Whereas in high school and elementary school, because these are kids and they need to be sheltered and, and protected, that, no, which not, I they, take issue with generally. And they're not, and they're at this point not responsible for themselves. Exactly. The parents are. So the parents make the, you know, try to make decisions about what's appropriate for them to read and what isn't appropriate. Like, okay, I, I've always taken issue with this sort of censorship. There's nothing that is in the books that these people try and, you know, eliminate. Things like Hand, Handmaid's Tale, To Kill a Mockingbird. There is nothing in these books that you shouldn't read and understand. Think, books like Lord of the Flies, specifically. Yeah, there's a lot of violence. It's there to prove a point. The depths of human cruelty are astounding. And to even attempt to deny that is a disservice, probably. To it's the rest a disservice of to children, specifically. Mm-hmm. It's, a dis- it, it, it's, it's a disservice to just society at large, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I mean but specifically, point- don't try to whitewash the world to children who have to go out into it. Oh, no. Yeah, there's no point in sugarcoating. Exactly. Show them what it is. Because you can't change the world unless you know what it is. You have to know what there is to change. If you try and teach kids that everything out there is perfect, they're in for a shock. Well, A, they're in for a shock. B, they're not really going to try and, they're not going to have that much ambition. Let them read Lord of the Flies. Let them read To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird is a great book. And I mean, it, it, it's best read understanding the time it's written in because you get to see a contrast in race relations. Hmm. You get to read things that, if they occur, that shock you because you can't understand how they could be that way. Mm-hmm. I stole that book from my elementary school, to be perfectly honest. How moral of you. Uh, James, you have a <laughs> well, thought? it's a great book. Yeah. yeah I, 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 well, I can't. You know what? The thing is, like, considering how bad a, a reader I am, my memory isn't, bad, isn't, isn't yeah. great on those books, James. Well. Can't really add anything more to that other than the fact of the little anecdote. Uh, remember yesterday we were at the Comic Den and I bought the uh, Tintin book, uh, his second book, uh, Tintin in Congo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember I showed you uh, the cover and yeah, some the, of the drawings of guy, black people and one it of the was kid, quite... One, uh, one guy in blackface. Yeah. And then uh, they have him uh, shooting up elephants and all that and it all... Uh, it actually got taken... I got the complete collection but it wasn't really the complete collection because... They took out uh, the first Tintin book, which was Tintin in the Soviet Union, and then Tintin in Congo, because supposedly they were too risque for people. Everyone else in the world got that in the collection. The English edition you didn't have to get, which is so the time stupid. it's written in to make well, these, no, they actually to make these suggestions to actually. Well, what happened was it was in one of the ones was it was a Congolese student in Belgium made the complaint and all that stuff, and her edge the author, obviously, I forget his name. I know how, how it's spelled. But basically he said, well, when I was writing this, this is the way it was. It was in the yeah. 30s. It was in the 20s. And so basically what they did is in the back of the book or the front of the book, depending on which version you're reading, it actually says, this is the way it was in the time. We're not trying to say anything about blacks or about animal cruelty and stuff like ta- that. And this is the way it was in you have to take that into context. Basically, that's what they wrote. And, and that, that's, that, that's really the problem with a lot of the books they try to you know, censor at this point. They were written at a particular time. Mm-hmm. Those were the social values entrenched at the time. Why not embrace that 
because it's not to say you're promoting it to to you know for those values to be prevalent now. What you're doing is reminding people what it was like. You get to show people how far you've come. It's the old adage: those who who don't remember history are oh, doomed yeah. to repeat yes. it. Something like that. Yeah, just a, the old, just the, it's a the historical old cliche. It's a historical document. You're looking those who do not through the lens of history are doomed to repeat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what this, essentially these things are. Mm-hmm. They're they're. They're part. They're lessons for us. For they're lessons for the future. They're lessons of of the past, mm-hmm. of the times that they existed. Exactly, and those are things we need to hear. You need to read those mm-hmm. in order to move forward. So there you go. So that, but there's a thought, and it's mm-hmm. kind of sad, actually. Kind of sad to always read something like this. It is, but it's. I mean, I've grown like you said, accustomed to it. Par for the course. Par for the course. Par for the course. I say, let's. Let, I mean, if we're going to start banning books, let's ban them not based on what's in them not based on you know, like you know racy subjects let's base them on how on on sheer substance so anything that's pure pulp like harry potter we just remove ah, I thought, I so we make already, them read books and, and, with actual substance i thought they I, already tried that with the witchcraft yeah but they didn't use the right the right motivation for it yeah if you'd <laughs> said we're, we're we're gonna ban harry potter because it doesn't say anything we can't you know, it, there's no lesson that it teaches I'm sure J.K. Rowling would somehow find a way to tell us otherwise. No, but J.K. Rowling would teach us that the only lesson it teaches us is that she can make money off a stupid book. And that's her credit, though. Yeah, there, there's credit. Exploiting the idiocy of society. <laughs> there's far better books for that. Machiavelli. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this has been done before. <laughs> In any event. Uh, so, but as I said, you know. Part for the course. Interesting. It's interesting, though. Thanks, thanks, Walt, uh, for um, at least reminding us that this debate is ongoing, which is kind of sad. Okay, so um, we've used up our first break for technical reasons. <laughs> so we're just going to roll on? We're just continuing. This is how this show goes. We're going to do great... bullets? <laughs> yeah, time for the bullets. Uh, so, you know, stuff that... Um, items that may or may not turn into anything significant for the rest of this segment. Uh, one thing we have to, I, I have to per- say before we begin is, like, for all the technical issues that have happened over the years this is the first time it's happened inside a studio uh, studio show and hopefully it'll come through but i'll give it a good listen um you know later tonight uh, uh, as i'm reviewing this don't this give episode. it the anime north treatment oh or edit it edit edit for uh no it's gonna go as as is but um the thing is it's probably a th- it's probably good that we're taping the studios ve- the studio is very quiet tonight nobody but else for is the, here but for the people jabbering in korean outside your door yeah i guess so which i don't think the mic picked up but no, i sure held it yeah but uh, the mic is all the way beside me and you and unfortunately for probably that the entirety of that first segment you're hearing me mainly speak you'll hear me the best oh obviously. i'm loud enough you hear me mm-hmm. and james is close is relatively close to this microphone so anything mm-hmm. he says will work come through okay but not you know as good as it is with the regular microphones turned on we apologize again it's kind of an appropriate thing to to, to do, considering um, appropriate way that things are going. Because uh, next week is our third anniversary, uh, so um, you know, kind of this kind of a part one thing to add to the whole history of this show. Three years, and we're only up to sixty six episodes. Yeah, maybe kind of that's because we've been trying so hard. Yeah, we made sixty six pretty damn good episodes. Sixty six for episode fifty. Yeah, oh, you're well, hold on. Sure. What, what, what episode number was last White Day? Ooh, I forgot. Well, <laughs> uh, where some unnamed individual ranted for an hour and a half. Yeah, 
Whatever. Yeah. And I you remember the initials, Adam? I probably do, but I'm not saying them. Okay. Okay, so this here. Just, as far as anybody's concerned, this is an unnamed individual. For you. Well, huh. you know anybody who pays enough attention already knows who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and to the regular listeners, they know too. Okay, so let's go with the bowl. All right, so um, let me, let, uh, email, email us this week um, on how that first segment came out. And once again, we apologize. We're keeping it in there because there's still some good stuff said, regardless of whether or not it could it came through as well as it usually does. Anyway, okay, well, it's time. Um, where do we go? Uh, I guess we'll just go with the uh, pathetic and sublime. Okay, let's, uh, okay, let's go. Uh, Crunchyroll, uh, Makoto Shinkai Day at the end of the month, this Saturday. Uh, Crunchyroll to stream the three major um, Shinkai works. Uh, Voices of a Distant Star, th- um, Place Promised, or what do we, what's the other word we use? What's the other title we use for Place Promised? Oh shit! I have no uh, idea. Beyond I just the clouds, beyond, beyond, beyond the clouds, the place promise. Yeah, beyond, yeah, the, beyond clouds. the clouds, and the currently out of print, recent one, five centimeters yeah. per second. It's, that's out of print, but uh, I don't think it will. I think be that was the so, more... so what you're telling me is they're devoting like four hours. No, like the thing is, it's like okay. Here's the here's the deal. Um, uh, distribute. Uh, they'll stream all those three uh, titles for 24 hours Saturday to mark Global Shinkai Day. I think all anime fa- all anime memberships, I don't know, fans from around the world are holding e- holding the event for the first time this year to celebrate the works of this anime at our tour. This sounds like the uh, this sounds like a who press came, who came up with this idea? I don't know. Of so okay, not to not to I mean not to denigrate Makoto Shinkai because his works are pretty spectacular, but why do we have a day for a guy who has three prominent works? He might have been involved in helping bring about. Yeah, what I mean, and we don't have a Miyazaki day. Yeah, yeah. And, and we don't Shinka, have a Monkey Punch you know day, Shinka, Shinka and that one really say. bugs me. Yeah, Shinkai, Shinkai would probably take this humbly, saying he doesn't deserve something like this, which he doesn't right now. But it's interesting. Yeah, and, that, and I mean, it, it's not to say you know he's not a great guy and he does great stuff. He does he does great stuff, but you really don't deserve your own day for that kind of stuff. Miyazaki you know why would deserve. You know own why day. they're doing this? You know why they're doing this? Because Crunchyroll needs Ken right now. They can't do. They can't do Miyazaki. They well, can't do because they don't have the rights. Yeah, but if they worked hard enough, they could do Monkey Punch. Right now, they don't have the rights. That's whose fault? Crunchyroll's. Um, but because somebody decided that it wasn't worth licensing anything Lupin other than Funimation. <laughs> no, there was Genion, remember? They had the original TV series. Yeah, and that sold particularly well. <laughs> I know. Well, they still got on a, quite a decent... And uh, Manga Entertainment had Castle of Caliostro. No, it was... Yeah, it was Manga. I was thinking... It and was then Manga. Funimation, as you then said. Funimation the TV had specials these other random And ones. then the movies. And then, but they didn't, have, they didn't have Dead or Alive. Yeah. The, 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 what is acclaimed as one of the best Lupin movies in existence, they don't have. Did you just pick up the cheap ones? Like, come on. Yeah, that's a thought. That's a There's thought. another licensor that picked up a couple other ones, but I can't remember their name yeah. off the top. Because yeah, so um, that's a whole like that, that's a whole deal. But um, there are there are other things on. I that mean, one I, yeah, I, I mean, we went through this discussion about Makoto Shinkai. Like, we we, we, we over the three years we've done this series, uh, this show, especially in um, season two, uh, like when we went into the second year, we talked about um, talked about uh, five centimeters as uh, as it was in previews. Mm-hmm. Or as it was, uh, as as promo started coming out for it, and we talked about it at length. Um, Adam wasn't in on the discussion when we talked about Shinkai. You know mm-hmm. his, how good, like compare five centimeters with the other two works. Is mm-hmm. he all that right now? And we said we have yet to really untap it. 
we have yet to know how good this guy really is. And right now he's working too much in a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not. He hasn't really branched out. Okay, he works on emotion, sentimentality, and stuff like that, and you know, very vivid imagery. But he hasn't really been challenged. But th- that, that okay. Well, that's this, this is why I'd say you know, if you really want to experience, watch Voices of a, Dif- of a Distant Star, because it's only half an hour, and you get everything he's about. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. hasn't really branched. That's exactly it. And so, we don't you know. know how good this guy can really be. I mean, great. Um, Place Promise was uh, Voices was great. Mm-hmm. Place Promised uh, polished certainly certainly great polished up from everything he did in Voices. Mm-hmm. Um, Five centimeters per second will really knew how to tug at the heartstrings a lot. Like if you've seen it, it really does tug at your heartstrings a lot better than probably the other two titles did. Um, yeah, but, but the thing is, the thing is. But you want to compare tugging at heartstrings? I mean, oh no, there's I, there's so many. There's a lot of other anime. There's far We're, better examples. Oh of no, it. I mean, this is for my own exp- for my own view, right. personal viewings of all three. But it was along similar lines. He could have just as easily done that with the other two. Mm-hmm. So really, in that sense, it's nothing new. Now, if anybody was seen uh, seen it for the very seen his works for the very first time and started with five centimeters per second, they would have thought it was excellent. But we all seen everything else to this point. Like, I mean, I gave my, I gave one of my oldest friends from high school as a gift. And Marnie, I hope you're feeling better because I know um I know uh, uh I know um you're near the end of your chemo treatment. So I hope you're feeling better, Marnie. Hmm. Um, I gave it to her as a gift just before mm-hmm. I found mm-hmm. out. So um. So and I gave that to her, and she had yet to see it. Last time I uh, spoke with, I met up with her, but she had been told she had been told by um, by her workmates and other friends that it's a great movie. So I hope she liked it. But it would have been the first Makoto Shinkai movie she ever saw, mm-hmm. and I think she. And hopefully, if you know, while she's resting with her husband, and her she had her husband by her side while watching that, and I hope she liked it. And but and but the thing is, and she's and she'll someone like you know. Someone like her will be seeing that for the Shinkai work for the first time and judging it, just starting with that. We are judging him right now based on everything else we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, we're keeping in mind everything else we've seen. We haven't seen how good this guy could get. He has mm-hmm. to get out, and we can't wait for him to get out of his comfort zone. Because then we'll really know how good he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, a, do a Gundam series. Yes, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. I mean, no, but if, if you can turn Gundam into an emotional pull, no, but the other thing, side, the other side with Gundam is it's been it's like just the franchise itself is tried, tested, and true over time. Yeah, but it's very it's usually very much the same. Mm-hmm. And if you can make Gundam emotional, and don't even fucking say Gundam Seed, the first person who leaves a comment about Gundam or Gundam Wing rather. I will murder you in the face if you suggest Gundam <laughs> Wing is an emotional Gundam series. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'm sure they all have been in there. It's bringing the show somewhere. But, it, it's, uh, it pulled in the girls. <laughs> okay. So, you know, Gundam Lupin. Make Lupin into a, you know, into a, a tug on heartstrings show, mm-hmm. a series or a movie. Because it's been done... But it's always been done differently. Lupin movies are always different, no matter which one you watch. There's always something different about it. I mean, you're still getting weird antics, but the 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 meaning and the messages they're trying to send are always different. Yeah, I remember from I Miyazaki direct, directing Cagliostro to Fuma Conspiracy to Fuma Conspiracy to which Dead or two, Alive, which is directed by Monkey Punch himself. Which is the two? Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm most familiar with the first two works we mentioned in that yes. list. So okay, so there's that. Um, 
Enjoy Shinkai Day. <laughs> well, there were some other things in Shinkai Day there. And like I else? heard uh, the new dub for five centimeters. Remember they were talking oh, they, about they, for all ever, and people thought it was Bandai. No, people thought it was Bandai, but it was actually just for this day. It seems like because in the press release it says Comics Way Films, which has been doing obviously all his work and was set up for his works basically selected bang zoom to do the dub for them for this day or whatever so yeah, and i guess i guess for the first time people are like okay it so seems like such a it. waste of time yeah i guess because everyone's like well you already have it there if adv and then people said does adv own the rights for not the anymore dub or, but oh, yeah, who, no it's the dub they only own they so they only own the 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 tape the audio well, tape <laughs> well they could you never know or but maybe they just wanted to start it, afresh. And on top of that, it also fuels speculation as to what will become of the title now. Now that it's out, now that it's out of ADV's hands. So what? Because uh, there's little doubt in my mind that we'll eventually see it pop up again in North American shores officially. So mm-hmm. now the real question is, who's going to get it? Probably Funimation. Probably Funimation. <laughs> and they'll put, and they'll take in the Bang Zoom dub. <laughs> always funimation <laughs> obviously well, since the japanese wonder, company worked on that one they're probably gonna shove it on them as the licensor yeah okay <laughs> so there's that um what should we go about that what should we go about on the second bullet tonight mm, we got to save the ringtone one for the end that's the kicker <laughs> um stalker you know the stalker story oh the one do you, about, have, that up? Do you have that one up because i, I don't yeah know. it was supposedly um, haruna Ikizawa, which her best-known role is for Yoshino in uh, Maria-sama. And I guess they said she has this stalker who goes by the name Phoenix, if that's really his real name or pseudonym or whatever we're calling it now, Handle. But basically, uh, she got a restraining order against him because he was just obviously showing up at odd places and started stalking her. But the weird part, again, as it continues on, is he basically goes on to say that... um, the stalker, um, he said, uh, but he really showed his medal as a stalker was in his various threats of legal action against her defamation of his noble character. If it comes to the worst, <laughs> I have unshakable proof and am considering suing her. And I must say that's one of the few times I've ever heard of someone with a restraining or somehow being able to have proof to sue them to get this. Or even consider, or even having the consideration. Um, what, Usually they just try to lift it, but I know, to where sue was this? Where was this? Senkaku Complex? or Yeah. And it was a few other spots, but that's where I found it. But um, basically, that's one of the odd kickers of the whole story because it basically goes on saying how... Um, she said that he was intruding upon her workplace, interfering with her acquaintances, and basically became worried. So she enlisted police assistance to deal with the unwanted follower who was rep- apparently losing touch with reality. That's her words, obviously. And basically that's uh, said something like, someone's calling out for me. Like it was, it just goes on and on. Like you can see there's something really odd there. So yeah. I would say that the restraining order is probably going to, Stay on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there? A, do you know what? What the date? What's the date? Because I want to look at this myself. Uh, look at some of this myself. It's, remember the date? Because uh, it's on me. this side there. It's on the site side. Yeah, it's on the side on the n- recent news stories there. Recent form po- Oh, recent yeah. news stories. Yeah, if you go down there and you go plenty to, ga- plenty of galleries on this. Jeez. If you go uh, down to two chance stalker threatens to sue Seiyu victim Haruna Ikazawa, you'll be there. Two, stalker, right? Yeah, two chance stalker. Oh, here it is. Two chance stalker threatens to sue. Yeah, sue victim. Yeah. 
<sighs> but that's basically the gist of it. But it's just kind of odd that I don't think even Adam as a lawyer probably will ever see this. Like someone Adam, Adam, order and Adam, then Adam, suing consider, there. Considering this whole stereotype that you can sue for anything. What's your take? Okay. I can't speak for Japanese law. Um, under Canadian law, statements made to law enforcement officials are under what's called qualified privilege, which means that they are not they you cannot be liable for defamation unless the statement was made maliciously. In this case, like define like that, just, that, just, if just you make so if you make a statement to the police in good faith to initiate like to initiate an investigation to you know it, it, all the reasons you would normally go to the police mm-hmm. you know to mm-hmm. point out somebody's committed a crime to you know complain to, 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 to make complaint, a complaint, make a complaint of as long as it's not be, as long as it's not being done maliciously as in with intent for say revenge or something with intent mm-hmm. to harm really mm-hmm. yeah. It's, then it's then it's considered privileged, and it cannot be defamatory. But if it is malicious, if it is made malicious, if the statement is made maliciously, mm-hmm. so it's one thing to say, uh, "I need protection from this guy because I'm scared for myself." Right. If you if you make a statement to the police saying, "Look, you know this guy is doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. He showed up at these weird places, and I'm and I'm very uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable, and I fear for my safety." Yeah. And under Canadian law, that's not now, add, now add a lie to that. That will make it. That could be an issue. Um. Well. Okay. If it was either a not altogether true, or you know, if the guy really wasn't bugging you that much, and you just you know wanted to get revenge somehow. I mean, in this case, it's a little tougher because it's only a restraining order being sought, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if she sought to have charges laid. When she knew there was no basis for them, right? That could be considered malicious. And Mike knows his head, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so what's your take on this, though? Yeah. What type of chance is this? <clears throat> How is it? Like, he's probably never getting enough of the balls to sue. I think I will, because it is probably, you know, if the Chan boards are any indication, it's probably some. I'd say, you know, seventeen to twenty-one year old. Who thinks he knows what he's talking about mm-hmm. and really doesn't? Kind of sad, though. Well, I mean, a lot of people don't know what they're talking about. It's perfectly normal. Yeah, Obviously, from well, the article, that's... it sounds like his brain is already unscrewed. So it's well, uh, sad. He's certainly. talking to a voice actor. I mean, well, it's not uncommon, obviously. No, it's not there. uncommon, but it's kind of disturbing because, from our perspective in society, it's kind of like what's going on because it's one of those rare things that doesn't really happen over here. No, these type I mean, of uh, these type of actors. I mean, but the uh, the martial arts uh, sort of stand-in who played the Pink Ranger, not Amy Jo Johnson, who played the actual face of the Pink Ranger, mm-hmm. but okay. the person who did all the all the martial arts stunts, actually had a stalker and was frequently sent sex toys by this guy. Yo. Okay. That's there's there's at least one documentary that. on it. So. I hadn't heard about that one. First I heard, too. First I heard. Of course, I wasn't aware of what's, what's of, it's a lot of the behind the scenes. I, I watched a lot of so. A&E and TLC back in the day, so <laughs> oh, I picked up an awful lot of wow, it. Wow, that's yeah, good. Understood, understood. <laughs> kind of interesting that it would end okay. up there. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a funny case, though. I, you know, I, I Obviously, I side with 
Um, no, it's, it's not about the stalker thing. It was just odd that the guy it thinks he odd. can actually sue. No, it is odd. And it's it just 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 I, like just I, 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 I think I think as the voice actors, I would just be conveniently pissed off that he would even have the balls to say that, that I'm going to just go after best even just, more. Best of him for her just to say I would ignore. So, yeah. Say nothing else. There's no I really would ignore. Her. Really, it spoke. It speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. Um, third bullet. Do we have a third? What do we do? Or should we just go with the one with the kicker tonight? Because we have a kicker. You don't seem to have any other ideas. So go well, we it. could no. We could go for one more. Remember about uh, the Brazilian guy Brazilian. that held a woman hostage for ten hours with a Sega Master System light gun. It should be noted the Sega Master System is still pretty damn popular in Brazil. Yeah, that's I the other it. thing. Where's the article on this one? Kotaku. 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 Yeah. Da, yeah, dot com. Oh, but it's it, just it's that they even have pictures of him. Look at this with the master system. Yeah, it, it's worth noting for those of you who, like most people in North America, only owned an NES. The uh, light gun on the Sega Master System, I believe, was called a phaser, um, <laughs> and it was black. Yeah, it was. yeah, it's black there. It, it, it looked very much like a zapper, but it was completely black. But supposedly, it said a man looking to collect on a debt. Broke into the home of a 60-year-old woman in Brazil's federal district, holding her hostage for 10 hours on the business end of a Sega light phaser. The light phaser, the light gun that shipped with the Sega Master System, must be fairly common in Brazil, considering how incredibly popular the 8-bit console was in that country, one of Sega's strongest for the markets. And then it said, basically, fortunately, the man released his hostage unharmed after negotiations with police basically uh made them go their separate ways what's the date and what's the date on this one Hmm? because i can't find it again it was on wednesday february 25th but trust me if you go on the search and search for sega light gun or something like that trust Mm -hmm. me it'll pop up because it's just such a weird weird occurrence it actually occurs to me it's quite smart to hold up a uh, a six-year-old woman because she that's the likely wouldn't know what this thing is yeah okay we'll just continue um Jeez, uh, this 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 thing this whole episode's going rot with te- technological problems. So, um, what were we about to say? Oh, I was I, 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 just, I was about to say basically. Remember how uh, with the I'm NES? The I'm looking at the pictures too. Remember the NES? How they originally had the original NES zapper, but they changed it because people were worried because it looked too much like a real gun. So they basically made it like the orange yellow. You can still find the original one occasionally. It's it's in a it's it's gray and gray functionally. It's light gray and darker gray mm-hmm. instead of the you know gray and orange. Yeah, that most people are used to. Yeah, okay. But no, it's kind of odd that yeah, you would actually see something like this. But uh, no, as you said, probably the best person to go after someone who wouldn't even recognize what that is. Good work. But the funny thing though is when you look at the pictures, you can't really tell, or at least I can't tell at first glance. Uh, we'll put the link. Yeah, and it's not exactly well. It's a yeah, it's a, quite a picture. Okay, so um, there's that one final one. Oh, here's the kicker. A ringtone that will make your breasts bigger. Dr. Hidato Tomobichi says it works. This was off the um, this was off the Danny Chu site and uh, on Japani tour. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's the deal here? I want clinical trials. I want <laughs> clinical. No, no, no. If you're gonna say this thing works, this, uh, this is a ringtone. I want a double blind. Clinical trial mm-hmm. with a control no, group. It, it, no, but the thing is, it, it's it's outrageous claims. So, well, 
There's a Just video. imagine what would happen if you're rebellious. And this was on Discovery. Apparently, this was on Discovery Channel Japan. Uh, there's a video uh, with this. Li- there's a video here uh, with this link on YouTube, and apparently th- there's, there's somebody who attests to this. Um, the ringtone is ca- uh, the ringtone is called Rock Melon. If listened to 20 times a day, it's supposed to increase a woman's breast size by up to two centimeters. Which begs the question: What happens if a guy listens to it? Um, according to the doctor, ringtone works because it contains a, the subliminal sounds of a baby crying. Which is supposed to affect a woman in some primal, primal way that makes their knockers immediately swell with dairy. I'm reading this verbatim. Um, yeah, I didn't figure you made up. Yeah, <laughs> you made up quite a. And quote unquote, I think this is also of note that the doctor is a part time rock musician on the side. <laughs> Check the video on the exercise. <laughs> Check the video and, and it's worth checking out the video. Am I the only one thinking like black wait, Evan wait. here? Black Evan or... And the best part is what this guy wants to do afterwards, his next project, he wants to make a ringtone that will make people fall in love at first sight. That's perverse application. The perverse applications are endless. I know. I see. Um, I see the gears in Adam's brain turning on the, on the thought of that. Look, if scientists haven't found the brown note, you're not going to find it. Simple as that. It's either not going to be found. Well, or now you may be able. You may be able to find some sound. Actually, I think smell would be more likely, but. Um, Actually, uh, well, with the whole theory on pheromones, I can admit it may be possible for you to come up with a sound that will make people initially more attracted to each other. Fall in love is n- perhaps not the right term. Fall in lust, perhaps. Ah. <laughs> because unless you play this ringtone an awful lot all the time and only around that person, it, it's not going to stick. Ten four. Okay, uh, James, you brought, you're the one who brought this up to me. I know you have something to say. I've said. I, I just kind of fell off my chair when I read it. I'm just like, what the fuck was he thinking when he came up with that? It's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it's good marketing ploy. It'll sell the ringtone. But I have to wonder what type of music he does as a rock musician. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he he. Well, if my suggestion holds any weight, he clearly plays solo guitar and fights a galactic war. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about as likely as his, you know, improving cup size. I wonder when he came up with that, if he came up with it while he was out playing his guitar at a bar with people throwing things at him. Do you have Black Heaven? <laughs> no, I don't. Really? Yeah, I don't. I, don't uh, I guess I, I guess in that big Jenny on sale a couple of years ago, I just didn't want to use my well, <laughs> four discs. Understandable. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's... It occurs to me I should actually watch that series again. It wasn't Good time. bad. Good times, huh? It wasn't bad. <laughs> so ringtones. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but it's been a while. Okay, so it's a good thing. Two thousand one was about, that's about right. That's, that's about, about it. That's yeah. about right. Okay, that's it. Uh, time to lick my lick our wounds and see what else uh, technically we can screw up. Um, let's take the break. The other and we'll, one. Well, the other break now. Uh, back with final insults in a couple seconds. You're listening to the Anime Roundtable on thecomicden.com. Hello. 
lie. That's children. Mm-hmm. But or lie. Yeah, something like that. Many lawyers lie. This episode or is... Creative. Okay, so... All right, we're mercifully near the end of the episode, and I'm saying mercifully with everything, all the technological goof-ups. So how many more goof-ups can we have, Mike? Uh, well, well, let's be the clear. These thing. are Mike's technological goof-ups. Yeah, they are. They are. But um, the thing is, I didn't clear the uh, properly cl- uh, clear the uh, iBook for the episode, so, there, so there's not... Mu- and there isn't much space. There's less than... Eight gigs left. There was less than eight gigs left on the on the notebook on the iBook for this. So send Mike an email if you think you should get into the modern age. He's still using an iBook. G4. Yeah, I'm still using an iBook G4. Uh, that won't be much longer. It'll change probably sometime in the next month anyway. Or either that, or I just should really clear space. That helps as well. That would work as well. Uh, so I got to clear, but um, which I didn't do, which I didn't do properly before the episode. Oh, that's my doing. Though uh, I, I'm gonna say if you're if you're you, if you're planning on buying a MacBook. Keep the iBook around for one reason. That being? Firewire. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, so here we go. Final insults. Uh, you all got ideas for one? Adam? No, but I'll you? probably figure something out. You don't have... You, James? Do yes. I ever have a final insult lined up? No. Unless I have something spectacular like no, teenage pregnancy you're... implementation manager. Yeah. You you have you haven't been scouring the lines to find something. The internet. I the wait thing for is, the internet to come to me. You you, you <laughs> and it works. You make it sound like the internet's a being unto itself. The thing is, you're always ready whenever we ask. That's why I'm asking you right now. Well, I, I'm always ready, but I usually wait for someone else to go. Then uh, something James, pops in my mind. Okay, James, do you have something for starters? Um, nothing that I haven't already uh, given out so far, other than the funny story I was telling you, remember, about how we were talking about uh, the uh, Japanese fellow we were talking about last week, about how my brother is going on the exchange. Oh, yeah. I guess, here we go. Okay, a quick follow-up to everything we talked, that's happened over um, the last couple weeks, or over the last month. Now, these yeah. Osakans tried to write in English, which is very okay. admirable. Let's, 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 let's backtrack a, little, a couple seconds, because we because uh, your brother's going there, or when, in May? Or was yeah, it? In, in May. May. And, but you're, in the process, uh, you're going to get an exchange student as well for a yep. couple weeks. In a couple weeks, we're going to get an exchange student. And they'll come, not this Saturday, but the Saturday after. So March 7th, they'll mm-hmm. be in uh, Canada, and they'll be there with us for two weeks. But basically, what they decide to do is... Basically got this package from them. Each one of them did uh, basically that said who they were, what they liked, stuff like that. Supposedly this guy, I think he likes uh, rhythm games, whatever the Guitar Hero or rock band type game is like in uh, Japan. I can't remember what they call it. Guitar Freak or Guitar Yeah, Guitar something. Freaks is the is. I the think that's guitar, the one. And then Beat Mania was the other one. The, Supposedly the, he, these are the Konami Bonami, Bimani games. They yeah. wanted to the talk about the other guy that one of his uh, friends, supposedly the guy he got, like Star Ocean. So they said, maybe we should buy the new Star Ocean and freak him out with how the North American version doesn't even have the anime uh, cutscenes or anything anymore. It's all CG. Because they were afraid we wouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, no, um, basically in this care package, they said what they knew about Canada. And supposedly the guy we're getting, my brother said he probably had the best idea of what Canada was. Now, whether that's scary or not, or whatever you think, who knows. But basically why he says, Canada has two languages, English and French. And then was the topper. I think it was like, Canada's flag has maple or something to that effect. He is correct. 
And, and, that, and, that, and we, we gave them props for doing that, but we, we just had a good laugh over it. Yeah. And they had a good laugh since he, his was the best attempt of all of them about knowledge of Canada. Yeah, and it is true, we have two languages and um, each of us can yes. speak one of them. Yes, and, and <laughs> I'm offended. No. <laughs> no. The thing is, can you say that in French, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bilingual country. I you know, know, I know. The thing is, um, after all this discussion, it just about, it was a kicker. About, it was you a know, how, about our lack of thing, about our lack of you know ignorance and stuff over our the, lack of respect, our lack of Japanese respect for the language. Japanese language and culture and its industries and etc. You know, we're like that's to say they're per, uh, the Japanese are perfect with ours. They're not, and I'm not really, and really, we're big not deal. offended. So the worst thing that might happen is maybe he's in for a small shock. That's the worst thing that could happen. Certainly quite a learning experience ahead. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's got to expect himself to be in for a shock given that, you know, mm-hmm. he's this going is, to a country where he's probably, he probably speaks his language. So, And he's probably never been. He's probably never been, yeah. More like 95% possibly possibility but that they've as, never been here. As and it we means know, he will go back to Japan with like more quirky English phrases mm-hmm. than and his but, friends will know what to do with. And ultimately, uh, they'll sound pretty butchered. Yeah. Yep. But they'll probably make a hit song. But for some of them, you never <laughs> But for some of them, you never know. They might actually have better spoken skills than written skills. Because I know sometimes when I was re, uh, doing French, and even I know other people who've done other languages, like they've had better spoken skills mm-hmm. than written skills. Even my one friend who his parents were from Germany and all that, and he took German. His spoken German was way, way better than his written German yeah. would ever be, and he even admitted that, and that's from learning it for life. Mm-hmm. Well, but it, yeah, it's a function of how you learn it. If you yeah. learn it by being immersed in it, your spoken is going to be great, and your written is going to be terrible. But if you Whereas just learn if you it, learn it, as it as a book, book you, yeah. the, your written's going to well, and that's how, that's how my French is. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. written French is great. Spoken sucks. Yeah, and and sadly for myself, since I see, I I'm I'm of the belief at this point in my life, I don't have the ability to learn a second language. I've only known English for all my life, so I'm not so sure I'll ever be able to learn a second language, whatever that language may be. Fortunately, you've passed the Rubicon, Mike, as we know. The uh, speaking the language. Once you get older, you don't have the same ability. Certainly diminished. Certainly yeah, diminished. I, I, I guess that. Where, then, where would you say that Rubicon stands? Like at thirty? I have no idea. I have my own issues some days, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, are you uh, sorry. I'll let you guys finish. That. I was. I was going to say one Go last ahead, quick ahead, comment, but then. Well, uh, okay. And and this and uh, this, this is a this is a shot at comment me, generally. People seem to misuse the Rubicon metaphor. Okay. Yes, it is a, a quote-unquote point of no return. But crossing the Rubicon as a metaphor, people don't understand its basis, so they don't really understand the subtleties of it. So let me give you all, all a quick history lesson here. <laughs> I wasn't um, trying to be... Uh, yeah. I know. Well, I yeah. know what it means. Sorry but about please that. Please be fast before the uh, system ahead. crashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, in ancient Rome, the Rubicon is, a, is probably the closest river to Rome. Um and so it was tradition that when armies came back to Rome, when they got to the Rubicon, they would lay down their arms. So they always marched over the Rubicon and into Rome unarmed. This is tradition. Nobody ever broke it. Mm. 
um, until Caesar came back. Uh, this is you know at the start of this civil war that he sort of started in Rome. This this is oversimplifying it. I understand, but um, he crossed the Rubicon with his armies armed. That was the point. And he used the phrase alia yacta est. The die is cast. There's no going back. But it's not to say it's a... I mean, the way most people use it sort of as a generic point, point of, of no return. Point of no return, yeah, that's what it's a lot kind of... It, 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 there's a subtlety like. to it that implies that it's an intentional. You've intentionally crossed a line that you know you can't go back on. Whereas something like getting over an age where you can't learn another language doesn't really fall into that. Because it wasn't a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. Which is the, the Rubicon metaphor sort of implies there's a conscious choice to I do something that, that yeah. there's no going back mm-hmm. on. Which with the most of these sayings and the going thing, back and looking yeah. at them, most people don't really take that thought process into yeah. Yeah. account. And, and I wasn't. Uh, but I guess, I guess not to use the Rubicon word, I'll just say for myself, maybe I am still, whether I like it or not. You're over the hill. Yeah. Over, point of no return. That would mean then exactly. imply that he's over fifty as well. But. Yeah, but then again, no, not really as, as an anime fan, probably I am over the hill. So yeah, you're in, the an, in, in anime the fandom. In the I'm anime getting fandom there myself, world. but you're, 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 I'll see you in a few years. Um, yeah. there was that other thing I was gonna say. Finish remember, up, uh, remember the previews we were looking for, and there's another funny thing I noticed in there is the previews plus. Remember we were talking with them. And they talked about Yen Press, and Yen Press has been having their issues trying to solicit stuff like um, Melancholy of Harry Suzumiya Volume Two, and then Higurashi the Volume Two and the Three. Manga. Yep, all mangas. And then Higurashi Two and Three finally showed up in the previews plus, and they're going to be in the next preview. So hopefully, we'll finally get them. But it's kind of silly that we said they have the advertisements for them in there, so you know they know they have them. But then they don't have the solicitation there, so and we can't what, order them, which kind of kills you. It's like, what the hell is all and for, up of that? And for the sake of ordering, that's what you need. The actual yeah, you need, you need the, the actual, actual order thing. You can't have thing. an advertisement which says, get it this month, but then you don't have the actual solicitation. No, 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 that happens. It's just that there's no point. I know. It's just so ridiculous. But I noticed that from a few Yen Press tiles that recently, but hopefully mm. they'll fix that up. But we were talking about that. But okay. who knows all the fun stuff, right? Yeah. Do you have one, Mike? Do you have one? Because I want to go last. The Rubicon was sort of. I, I, I kind of killed you with that. Sorry, I was. No, I mean, it, it, I went on for a while. I don't yeah. know if there's much else to go. Okay, on, so right? you're done. You're, you Do you want to talk about how the die is cast? Then. I, I just did talk. Okay, about I think I, I, well, so. You think you said enough already? Well, this how week. people? Have used I mean, I've, I've never really said enough, but I can't come up with anything. Okay, else. Then, I already ragged. If we want, we can talk about the eyes of March. The eyes of March. Eyes of March are coming up. They are. Um, there's there's another actual interesting history lesson. Oh god. Uh, the, no, the the Romans Stop. actually actually gauged their month by four key dates. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the the specific terms they used, but one of them was the Ides. And they they would gauge dates in a month by how many dates before that date it was in a month. Mm-hmm. So the Ides is nothing particularly significant, it's just but for Caesar's you know murder, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember enough of that. It was like a yeah, well, five minutes in grade eleven Latin class that I didn't oh, catch so you up actually got Latin. Latin. That's one course yes, I wish I we had. Latin That's the problem. I took grade ten, eleven, and OAC Latin. 
Yeah, we were unlucky. I lucky. sucked anyway. No, Latin's a good a good language to learn because it's very logical. It improves very your English immensely. Okay. It so. is a logical language and it makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it helps you in medicine and a lot of other professions, trust me. Well, no, the problem, the problem with my application of it to law is that there's so many legal phrases that have a particular meaning in the legal world. They don't mean necessarily what the Latin means. But A, I know what the Latin means. B, I know how to properly pronounce the Latin. So I say these phrases and people don't quite get what I'm saying at first mm-hmm. because I'm pronouncing it correctly. Ah. As opposed to the <laughs> bastardization of it. Which, which most people are familiar with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they've okay. been saying it for years and years, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Got it, right? You're done now, right? Unless you come up with something else for me to say. No, no, no. Um, okay, so I guess I'll go with mine, and I have two. Uh, so I guess that makes up for yours. Yeah, see? First of all, final apologies, because uh, Space Durant 4, I thought I mentioned everybody who had ever done the show with with Matt last week. I forgot two more people. Well, how many more people have we got in two the girls. closet? I forgot. Two girls. Um, it oh, was the, yeah, it's been the, the girls episode. It's the girls who have done the, the all-girls episodes with Courtney... Uh, did you not mention Court- Courtney? No, Courtney, w- along with Courtney, oh, okay. Angela, and Clarissa. Um, what we for- I forgot to mention Melanie Nickel, who um, appeared in the very first uh, Girls episode two years ago, and uh, Carol Sad, who's done both of the two both of the Girls episodes. Who um, so they um, like was she the one who sat around and said nothing last time? Probably. Okay. Okay. Uh, so those are the and those and that pretty much uh, includes everybody who's ever done the show. Um, I guess the only thing I'll say about those two is both those girls are theater majors. And they're very good at it, from what I understand. But they're also uh, but they've also um, taken up the uh, anime club mantle because they're both they're both execs within Yama today. Uh, really? I think, and um, I believe mm-hmm. Melanie. Do I know these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably. I, I just you know him by face, but not by name. There you go. That's, that's um, Carol, Carol, from what I understand, is now the current webmaster, and Melanie is secretary and de facto vice president. So, um, Which president again? Uh, it's Evan. 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 So, so yeah, so so you know, so I thank them for their time whenever they've done the show because they're usually hard. Usually, when they do it, it's because of a little bit of arm twisting on the part of either. Myself, Angela, or Courtney, or any of the um, other girls. I, I'm going to say this now: we need more women on this show. So it's an open spot. Lug your lug your ass out to Kipling Station. I don't think that's going to encourage them much. No, but you get to spend time with Adam, <laughs> and who doesn't love that? No comment. Um, <laughs> uh, you're thinking of all the possibilities, weren't you, Mike? Okay, so the other thing is a sh- is um, an invite. Uh, got a letter, got an email last week or over the last couple days from everyone's been mentioning this to me. Japan Foundation is holding a lecture series, uh, uh, like a seminar, next Wednesday, March fourth, at Ryerson University in the um, George Var Engineering and Computing Center there. Uh, there'll be two lectures, done, two lectures done by um, anime re- by uh, by professors talking about critical looks at anime. One about oh, one being done by I'm trying to remember this Jack, uh, Jacqueline Bernard. Oh, I mispronounced it already. One about post-critical anime observation observations and its identities within contemporary Japan. This is uh, this will be done by um, by uh, by Jacqueline Bernard, who's uh, Associate Professor of Art and Media Studies at Yokohama National University. 
The other one will be about otaku culture, personality, space, and city of anime fans. And I guess that's going to focus in on Akihabara. Uh, Kaichiro Morikawa, uh, Associate Professor of Contemporary Culture uh, in the School of Global Japanese Studies at Meiji University. So um, they'll both be doing that. And then I believe somebody from U of T will uh, do a... Yeah, a little moderate moderate Q&A. But it's interesting. We just mentioned that. And they had a little thing today on uh, Anime News Network about uh, Meiji University having uh, planning to open the world's largest uh, museum devoted specifically to anime and manga. And that once it opens, it'll consist of 2.5 million items, including manga volumes, magazines, Mm. fanzines, videos, DVDs, toys, figurines, and other material. And it will have screening rooms, dedicated library, and it will even be the home of a research center hosting Japanese and international scholars specializing in anime and manga studies. And it will be located in a 91,000 square foot building that was previously used as a high school. Mm -hmm. Okay, as a high school. (laughs) But that's kind of interesting how far that's going. Go ahead, Adam. Go ahead, Adam. The the interesting factoid that most people probably don't know that I pulled out of your statement is that the... uh, George Severi Engineering Building at Ryerson is the second Same. university building in Toronto to be named exactly. for George Severi. The other, yep. the the other, other one's on Very Hall in New York University. university. Um, what do you know about George Severi? I don't know. Much. Absolutely nothing. We, I guess other than you named buildings out there. I only figured that out because my, uh, my bar ads though. courses were in the very building mm-hmm. in Ryerson. Yeah. In the oh. basement. Yeah. So I guess uh, I'll, the only thing I'll say is let's Google. Uh, let's Google and Wikipedia. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia I'm entry. pretty sure there's an entry. But yeah, okay, so there's that. Um, we should talk about that uh, museum a little bit more because there's a couple of such museums. No, I, I, I'd be intrigued to see if maybe the one from Meiji University maybe mentions it and maybe gives a little quick plug mm-hmm. about it or if they ask a question because it'll be interesting to see how that comes about and how that'll affect how people look at this type of uh, culture and how it's studied. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is it? uh, Okay. So uh, back to the lectures that'll happen. Uh, This is on the Japan Foundation Toronto website now? Yes. It's now on the Japan Foundation website. You can also reserve a seat through the website or you can do what Mike did and give them a friendly telephone call and they probably don't do snail mail since it's getting pretty close. Yeah. So um, (laughs) James... uh, uh, James and I, along with uh, Matt, we're going to be going down to that uh, next Wednesday. What time is it? It's at um, 5.45 is when they open. is when the doors open. Lectures begin at 6 o'clock, and everything is set to be finished by around 8.30. You want to come? We'll see. Okay. Depends how busy I am. It depends if you're feeling better, too. Well, I should be feeling better by yeah. next week, okay. but it's more a matter of how but, busy um, I am at work. And uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? And obviously... And Thursday, I actually have a full-day motion, so I may, mm-hmm. may not be around. Yeah, and you know what, and, and, and obviously whatever comes out of this, we'll share with everybody here as best we could, you know, with uh, me, us, myself and my simpleton mind. Uh, you two have better, better minds right now. So, um, and that'll probably be an appropriate way to set up the anniversary. I don't know if we're taping next week. I guess we'll decide then. I guess we'll decide at the end when we go to this. We'll, decide yeah, we'll figure we it out. But as I said, it'll, it we'll expect it to us to talk about this on a future episode. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's certainly something to look forward to. This reads pretty interesting. So, and and once again, we'll get to talk about academic stuff, which is something we're really hard pressed to do. But I really like doing. Well, it's always fun to do. The problem is there just aren't that many topics that tend to come up that are you know remotely connected to anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is like whenever they come up, they're always interesting. Oh, yeah. even, even if you know, sometimes we get lost in it. 
Well, it's this kind of. I don't of, see the problem there. No, for me, yeah. for me personally, sometimes I get like get overwhelmed by some of it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. You know, well, well this is I haven't kind read of... papers in years. Mm-hmm. These type of papers in years. So, but when, I write essays every day. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> James, you've been to more of the uh, stuff like this because remember, there's the one they held at York yeah, University, and you uh, did a few. I didn't. I wasn't able to go to that one. I went to. Um, the Japan Foundation and the consulate for the Japan yeah. consulate, they hosted the anniversary mm-hmm. of Canada-Japan relations. And I think this is what this has to do yeah, this with is, as this well. Is, this is, this a, is a part this of is it. part of the, seri- the 80 years of diplomatic yeah. relations between the Canada and The last Japan. one was 75 years, and they did some stuff up at York. They had the tea ceremony, which is really mm-hmm. nice to go to. And then, um, oh, the old Japanese instrument, which I forget the name Kodo? of. Kodo? Yeah, oh, okay. I, I was there that? I don't know. But uh, the one lady, she played it. It was really nice to yeah. watch that. It was a really great demonstration. I know you went to the demonstration on the kimonos, mm-hmm. which you said was nice and interesting to uh, listen yeah. to. But it's interesting to go and listen and see the demonstrations, even the tea demonstrations. If you see the high-end ones, it's just amazing watching them and tasting them and seeing how they're all done. And just appreciating it for what it is. Yeah. Uh, so this will be interesting. Yeah, and this is uh, this is also partly uh, supported by the actual consulate, the Consulate General of Japan, Japan Foundation. So this is like a, this is, you know, quite a bit of mm-hmm. a thing. And, you know, hopefully if you're in the Toronto area, check it out. Assuming you uh, listen to this. And time. you can uh, take the subway down to take Young Dundas Square. Yeah, take, that uh, just means Michael will have to put it up in time. Hmm. Yeah, I just have to put it up. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I would have uh, by then sorted through all this mess. Anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, messed up as it is. If you have any questions, comments, or uh, the like, you can always email us. Roundtable at thecomicden.com is our email address. You can put up comments on the blog, www.animeroundtable.com. You can listen to past episodes, including episode 50, the edited version, and eventually the real version afterwards. Uh, maybe that'll be up on the week off. <laughs> no, it won't. You mean in one-minute increments? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, 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 of course, don't forget, uh, group on Facebook, iTunes, Podcast Pickle, your favorite RSS uh, catchers. That's it for this week. See you in seven or 14 days. Have a good night from Toronto.